0: Welcome, everyone, to a special episode of Dinging Corners. Obviously, opening day is Thursday, but we wanted to get out a special episode with predictions for the year before the season started, not while the season was going on or a day after. So, we've got a little two episode week for you guys. And so, it's Nate here with Jimbo, of course. Hey, Jimbo.
1: How's everyone doing today?
0: I hope they're doing good. I hope they're doing good and we have a bunch of predictions for you guys a number of things we're going to be getting into AL and NL rookie of the year debates we're going to be talking about world series predictions we're going to be talking about cards we think are going to be moving we're going to be talking about cards we think might be dropping and we are also going to end off the day on a fun little thing and this is the seattle mariners against the detroit tigers jimbo obviously big Tigers guy big Tigers fan grew up a fan and then worked for the team for a very long time and I though I'm not a Tigers fan nor a Seattle Mariners fan I enjoy baseball very much I'm very excited to watch the Tigers play but I'm also very excited to watch the Mariners play and so it got me thinking who's the more exciting team this year because you got Torque and Riley Green for the Tigers and their young pitching you got Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kelnick plus some other interesting guys like Logan Gilbert for the Mariners and so Just in my head, I was like, man, those are two exciting teams. Who's more exciting? Well, we're going to let Jimbo at the end of the episode convince you why it's the Tigers. And then I am probably poorly going to try to tell you why it's the Mariners. Or I'm going to play devil's advocate to his Tigers and go with Mariners, even if I don't really believe it.
1: I can tell you right now. Oh, I'm when he uh, when he when he told me that we were going to do that. I was like, Nate, honestly, you don't even have a chance because I get so excited about the Tigers that i will literally be jumping through your guys's phone the radio wherever you listen to this podcast i will be jumping out with excitement and that's not like 10 times how like more than excitement as i am right now which is pretty crazy
0: it'll be like jimbo is sitting in your passenger seat with you as you're driving to work let's go that's what will be happening all right, everyone, before we get into the brunt of this podcast, I wanted to talk to you about our Whatnot stream on Wednesday. So we are running a opening day eve Whatnot stream. We will be having endless amounts of singles, endless, endless amounts of singles, and we will also be repping a little bit of Top Series 1, a little bit of Tops Heritage, and some Tops Chrome update Sapphire, I believe. I'm going Jared Kelnick hunting. So we should have like a box of each of that in case anybody wants packs. Otherwise, we'll be ripping through some singles, getting ready, getting hyped up for opening day on Thursday. So please, if you are around Wednesday night, 5 p.m. Central Time, join us on the Slab Stocks Whatnot and talk baseball with me. Tell me what you guys are excited about. Tell me what you guys aren't excited about. Give me your predictions for AL and NL Rookie of the Years. Give me your predictions for the most disappointing player out there. Give me your predictions as to why the Brewers are going to win the World Series. Uh, Anything you guys want to talk about, I would love to talk about with you on Wednesday, 5 p.m. Central Time on the Slab Stocks Whatnot page, where we will be selling singles and we will be ripping packs. Uh, Hope to see you guys all there. Well, Jimbo, let's get started have about an hour here so uh we'll get we'll get going we'll see how long it takes a pretty strict cutoff because i've got the youtube live tonight we're recording this on a monday you'll be listening to this hopefully on a tuesday or wednesday before opening day on thursday but first and foremost let's start off with the big news and the big news is this young guys are playing now obviously the mlb And the MLB Players Association agreed that if you play a young guy and right away at the start of the season and they do well, you'll get some form of compensation down the line in form of draft pick compensation for like the first three years. How that works, we don't know. I don't you know, I don't really know anything about it. But I'm assuming that the idea for the Royals is you call up Bobby Witt, you lose that seventh year, quote unquote, seventh year but hopefully you get maybe three draft picks in that time because he's played really well, and it pays for itself. The the three extra players pay for the one year of Bobby Witt down the line. So with that in mind, um, Bobby Witt, Julio Rodriguez, Spencer Torkelson, all up to start the year. On the National League side, uh, Hunter Green, maybe C.J. Abrams, Guys like that, not as many, not as many NL rookies being called up instantaneously. Joey Bart should be up though. And uh and then you have like Riley Green and Adley Rushman, guys like that that are injured that would have been up right away, that will be coming up shortly afterwards. So we're gonna have crowded rookie of the year races. So we're each gonna give our prediction of who and why for AL and NL Rookie of the Year. And since Jimbo is an AL guy through and through, though he did work for, it was the coach on the Diamondbacks staff, so he's kind of an NL guy too. Nah. It never no, felt right. not it at never all.
1: Felt, it never felt right. <laughs> I like it. Well, Jimbo, give us
0: your probably very, very biased AL Rookie of the Year pick.
1: Well, yeah. So this was tough because I was looking at the list. Like This year is going to be... Just like kind of how kind of how we predicted it, like this year there's going to be an influx of young talent coming up, and it is going to be extremely exciting. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some bias opinions in my in my thought process on on this question, uh, bias and unbiased. I really wanted to go Riley Green to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I am a firm believer in Riley Green, but if there was someone, you know. Who else, like if I had to put my money on it, I would, you know, either Riley Green or Bobby Witt. Um, cause I was looking through this list because there's a lot of factors. Like I, I feel like there's just a lot of factors with, um, with how all this, you know, with the voting that goes. And, you know, obviously I like Torque, I like Rushman, I like Julio. There's a lot of great names on this list, but man, watching Riley Green in spring training there was only one game that i watched where i was like oof that looked bad uh the the first actually the the last at bat before he got hurt i think he was like uh he worked the he was down 20 based garrett cole and garrett cole was was hot like he was he was burning through the tigers lineup and riley green goes down 20 and then uh slaps a ball i forget where he slapped it at but he basically he he burned it into a triple and i remember just watching that about he grinded a few balls good eye and i was just like dude this dude he's so mature for a hitter already for how young he is he's only 21 years old which is crazy um so that's my my opinion because there's also another. there's two sides you know two sides of it where fielding wise holy smokes he has improved so well in the outfield and with in Comerica park, there's a lot of room to run where there's a lot of, a lot of room to, uh, to make those diving catches that make the ESPN and, and all that. And I think he's going to have a lot of protection in the lineup, which I'm a firm believer in, um, because I don't, they're not gonna, they don't, they're not gonna need to put him at, you know, in the second, second spot, three spot, five spot, or anything like that. They can keep him down at the, the seventh spot, which is the, the best spot you can be in a lineup personally. Uh, that's where you see see the best pitches. Um, but with Bobby Witt, Bobby Witt has has the flair, the, 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 just the flair and the fielding, the shortstop, the good arm, the good feeling. But then he also just hits bombs, absolute bombs. Uh, Case I think in point, 480
0: feet on his first home run in spring training of last year when the hype started just absolutely blowing
1: up. Yeah, like he's got some incredible power. Which will it translate over? I think it will to an extent uh, where where he will hit some monster balls, which will be on ESPN. And also, there's a huge factor to this on the narrative: what MLB wants to do, who who they're covering the most, who they're talking about. Because at the end of the day, it's marketing. It's marketing for the MLB as well. Which I know you know there's a lot of high hopes for Julio Rodriguez, but something with Julio, like every time I watch him and I'm probably going to be wrong with this. Every time I watch them, I'm like, man, like I don't get the fuzzy feelings about them for whatever reason. But when I see it, like the stats, I'm like, Holy smokes. Every time I'm like, give him another chance. Give him ch-. everybody, every time I watch them, I don't know what it is. Maybe I just watch them at the wrong times, but I think being at the Mariners also doesn't help being on the West coast. Um, but the only thing I worry about Bobby Witt is his strikeout rate because if I rem- I don't think he made it to triple A last year, I forget. He
0: did double oh, he A, triple A. Okay. He didn't, he never pitched or pitched, he never played in a, a ball
1: at all. That's right. Okay. I remember he skipped a love. where, uh, I guess we'll see. That's the only thing I worry about Bobby, Bobby Witt. But yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it, this race for the rookie of the year is going to be a ton of fun. It's like 10 deep. That could, that could all for the AL side.
0: It is. It is absolutely insane. And and the same. The thing you worry about Bobby Witt is the thing I worry about Bobby Witt. There was rum rumors about his hit tool going into the draft, and to an extent, he's quieted that down. But there is still that fear. Um, for me, like Adley Rushman, you can just cross off the list. He's going to miss multiple weeks to start the year, and then when he gets in, he's the catchers can't play every day, so he's just not going to be able to get make up the extra like. 50 games over some of these other guys that he's going to be up against. Mm-hmm. So, so you can cross him off the list. So then it comes down to, obviously, your Torkelson's, your Riley Green's, your Bobby Witt's, and your Julio Rodriguez. I think it's interesting you bring up Bobby Witt going to be on highlights and stuff, and I agree with that, but the Royals are going to be still a very bad team. Yes. They're going to be atrocious. And for me, if I'm looking at these guys, I'm like, all right, great numbers. If they're all going to have great numbers, I'm going to t- looking at teams. So that narrows it down to the Tigers and the Mariners, obviously. And we're going to get into this argument later. But then for me, I look at it and I say, all right, Riley Green's out a couple weeks. um
1: Four weeks? Five weeks? A month. Yeah, they, they haven't given a, a strict number on it.
0: Okay, well, he's going to be out. And I don't know how long he's going to be out. But with this caliber of player, he'll have to come back and absolutely blow up because he's going against the cream of the crop, not just like, random Jake Cronenworth and Devin Williams, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's facing some stiff competition. So I do think, for me personally, it comes down to Torkelson and how hot he can hit the entire year compared to Julio Rodriguez. And for me, Torque, first baseman, I'm very happy that they're not using him as a third baseman. Mm-hmm. Um, that was would have been an mis- absolute mistake. But for me, you got to hit so well as a first baseman in today's day and age to win. I mean, Jose Abreu won a MVP in in the shortened COVID season, right?
1: Uh-huh. It can happen,
0: but uh, you got to be absolutely unbelievable to win hardware as a first baseman nowadays. And I do think Torkelson is going to be amazing, but I don't think that his stats are going to be all that better than like a Julio Rodriguez. And so I'm looking at the Mariners, and they haven't been to the playoffs since 2001. I believe 2000, 2001, they haven't been there in forever. The Astros arguably got worse. The A's got way worse. The Rangers got better, but are we thinking that the Rangers are there yet compared to a Seattle Mariners team that won 89 games last year? So like the Rangers got better, but the Astros got worse. The A's got way worse and the, um, you know, the Angels are still like, an injury away from being irrelevant again because they're super 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 top heavy. Like usual, yeah. So for me, I'm thinking the Mariners make the playoffs for the first time in 20 like one years. I'm thinking that plays a good narrative for Julio Rodriguez. And on the player himself on Julio, he obviously he blew up this spring training. 34 played appearances in 12 games. He hit 419 with a 471 on base and 839 slugging. Four doubles, three home runs, three stolen base, uh, three walks, nine strikeouts. Obviously, spring training stats take him with a gigantic grain of salt, but he's got an amazing bat. Everyone knows that. The things that were kind of iffy were his base running and his fielding. Well, he's kind of pretty much worked on those, and he's worked on those hard to the point where he's probably an average to maybe a little bit better outfielder, and probably better than average uh, sprint speeds. So for me, if I'm looking at it, I'm saying, all right, this dude has worked on his weaknesses of his game, but he's also got an amazing eye at the plate, insane power, a good bat to ball feel. I'm choosing this guy that's going to lead his Mariners team to the playoffs for the first time in 21 years. So Julio Rodriguez is my pick.
1: I like it. I, I honestly, it's it's going to be so exciting to yeah. to see that race. It's I don't think you can go wrong with any of them at this I'm, point. I'm,
0: I'm going to watch a lot of Brewers games, obviously, as a Brewers fan, and I love watching Brewers pitching. You know, appointment TV, anytime Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff or Freddie Peralta are on the mound. But uh, I'm also going to end up watching a lot of Mariners, a lot of Tigers and a lot of Rays because I just I have to watch these young guys. I have to watch the young Tigers pitching and Torkelson and Riley Green. I have to watch Wander play and I have to watch Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kellnick to an extent. Shout out Wisconsin. So uh, it's going to be a very busy, busy summer MLB.TV
1: wise for me. Well, that sounds like a good time to me because that's all I do is flip from uh, watching game to game. So I love it.
0: It's amazing. Well, let's move on to NL rookie of the year. Maybe we, this one will not be nearly as interesting. Um mm-hmm. not nearly as hard fought, but since I'm an NL guy compared to Jimbo's AL guy, I'm going to go first here and I'm going with Hunter Green. So uh he wins a spot in the rotation. They've got they've got Luis Castillo and Tyler Mall. and he wins the third spot in that rotation. Obviously, the dude throws 102 miles per hour, like throwing darts up there. And I just think that, you know, CJ Abrams, maybe he makes the makes the team out of spring training. They haven't reported it yet. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. But there's not much else out there. There's that Cubs Cubs dude from Japan. Who knows how he does? I mean, that could be a pretty easy NL rookie of the year pick. But I don't want to do that either because he signed for huge money out of Japan was already a professional. So it doesn't really feel like it counts in my mind. So I'm going with Hunter green. The nice thing for green. uh, Yes. He plays in great American ballpark. That stinks, but he gets to face the Cubs. Not a good team. He gets to face the pirates. Not a good team. He gets to face the brewers whose pitching is significantly better than they're hitting. The offense is getting better. It's getting better, but it's still not like a top 10 offense. And then you have the Cardinals and you never know what you're getting out of the Cardinals at a year, but Tyler O'Neill's an absolute stud, and I think he's criminally undervalued. So, <clears throat> for me, for me, I'm going Hunter Green. I think he will have just weak enough a division and just enough chances to win the Rookie of the Year as a pitcher, which has not, I think, one pitcher's won Rookie of the Year in the last seven NL Rookie of the Years, and that was Devin Williams as a reliever. Shout out Brewers.
1: Yeah. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. He was actually the the second person I was going to pick my, my first choice um, who I've been just every, every day, I'm getting more and more excited about this kid, Bryson Stott. And I know, I think, I think it brought him up in a past episode. Um, but he is just very impressive where he's not going to be like the wild factor, like a Bobby Witt, but he just does everything right. And with the Phillies competing, I don't know if he's going to be on the opening day roster, but I have a feeling he'll be, uh, I don't think DD Dee is going to work it work out where I think they might bring Stodd up with an injury or, you know, say, Hey, DD, we're, we're going to bring start up, give him a chance. Um, and he just does everything right where I think he, he could, he could pull it out. I don't think he'll be like a clear cut winner, but I feel like he's going to do well enough consistently that he could win it because you know, I like C.J. Abrams, but I'm going to bring up something here later in this episode on why I'm not picking C.J. Abrams here. I love Hunter Green. And I, another factor I like Hunter Green with is he also was a two-way player when he was drafted where the NL still pitchers still hit. So he might hit a couple bombs this year because who knows? As a, as, a, as a pinch hitter? Um well, we, this year this year the pitcher still hit, right? They still have it it's not DH universal till, till next year? No, this year. Oh, it is. Okay, then, yeah. then throw, they might it's just like, let them. Unless I'm no.
0: unless I am super wrong, um because like the, I don't there's no chance. There's no chance the Phillies sign Nick Cassianos and Kyle Schwarber. You're right. You're right. I think they can
1: have a different rule that they had that it's not totally Um good.
0: the, the banning of the shift.
1: Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So they might let them hit in general. Like they might just keep like, even though they might.
0: I mean, the reds aren't good. So maybe now (laughs) here's here's a question for you on Bryson. Stott. Are you concerned now that doesn't have any factor on rookie of the year votes, but are you concerned that maybe just maybe if you are voters and you're looking at a team like a guy like Hunter green on the reds with not much else around him outside of like Jonathan India and late career, Joey Votto. Um, that maybe it's easier to focus on his numbers than like a Bryson Stott who now has to compete against Alec Bombs, uh, Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper, Nick Cassianos, Kyle Schwarber. Like that's a lot of big names in a lineup where all of a sudden a Bryson Stott could kind of, even if he has good numbers as a rookie and it's rookie of the year, not, you know, best player on your team or anything, I feel like maybe when you're looking at him in the context of his team, they kind of get lost compared to on Hunter Green.
1: I, I agree, and I agree with that. And, but I think there's still enough old school voters that will look strictly at stats, which will which will play a big factor um, as well as in a, some like intangible, like even just like the walks, the you know the on base, like just the the good player that he is. Um, I think that might that might have a little factor as well. Um, but honestly, I, either one of those two, like I, I, I would take Connor green or Stott. Um, I'm not a big fan of O'Neal Cruz just cause man, I've seen him chase like, like no other at the plate.
0: Wait, no, 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 no. He's the, he's the second best prospect in baseball, according to some un, unnamed people on our YouTube lives. And also one of the top five under 25 players, but Juan Soto and Ronald Lacuna did not make
1: the list. So Oh, yeah, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, when he yeah, I'm just I mean,
0: okay, he's got massive, massive, massive power, and he'll be fun to watch, but there's still a lot of risk in, in his game.
1: The, he'll get the Vladdy approach when Vladdy was got first called up, they just won't throw him a strike. Yeah.
0: See what, see what he chases. Yeah. And if he if he doesn't chase and he walks it done they're okay with that because the only other guy on the pirates is brian reynolds yeah brian hayes to an extent but brian hayes really had like one super good year and then the rest of the years even minor leagues have been meh so i think
1: he'll surprise you this year though i like okay
0: i'll I'll keep my fingers crossed i'm a a brian hayes fan so i hope he does well but i just i think people are expecting him to be a 900 plus ops guy because he was his Uh, portion of his rookie year. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the actual hitter that he is. Yeah, but, but I could be wrong. Um, let's move on here. So top trending card predictions, and I've got it cut into three, choose a vet, choose a rookie, and then choose a prospect that you think are going to go up. I don't need card prices or anything. Just choose one guy from each
1: section. Okay, say so again. Vet, prospect.
0: Vet. So, like, like um, not a vet card, not like a Mike Trout 2018 Tops Chrome. But yeah. But, like, a guy that's not a rookie. So, you could say Mike Trout. Like, yeah. even though it's his rookie cards, you could say Mike Trout or Keston Hira, my guy. um, Somebody like that. And then a rookie. So, you know, who do you think is going to trend up between... Wander Franco who will have rookie cards or even though he's not technically a rookie, is he still
1: a Rick? Does he have rookie eligibility this year? Probably dude. MLB, they give it like a good three years. I,
0: I don't actually, I don't actually even know. Cause that could really throw a, a pickle into our AL rookie of the year debate. If he has I, rookie eligibility.
1: I, I don't think he does. That. I don't think he is eligible for that. Cause he okay. was called up uh, in June, I think June 9th.
0: Okay. Um, and then and then so rookie and it could be Wander, even though he's not a rookie or, you know, torque tops, rookies, uh, whatever. And then and then prospect. So not one of the guys that's going to be called up. Right. Not um, not your Torkelson's or your Riley Green's, but somebody else that like has no shot of getting called up, but will do well in the minor leagues. All right. I'm ready. All right, so um, we'll do this snake draft style, and uh, I'm going to flip a coin to see who goes first. Let me find let me find a reporter here real quick. All right, do you want heads or tails?
1: Tails, dude, never fails.
0: All right, if it's tails, you go first. If it's heads, I go first. It's heads, and I'll show it to the camera so you can see it. <laughs> All right, so it will go, I get my vet pick, and then you get yours, and then you get your rookie, and then I get my rookie, and then I get my prospect, and then you end with your prospect.
1: All right, you just tell me when.
0: All right, so my vet pick is Albert Pujols. Um, so a little bit of a weird thing today. He just filed for divorce despite his wife going through brain can- or brain surgery like this week, so I'm very confused by that, and that might mess with him. I don't know. Um, Strange series of events, but I still think he will get enough at-bats and plate appearances this year to clear 21 home runs and cross the 700 home run threshold with the team that signed him, the Arizona Cardinals. So, Arizona Cardinals. Blah! St. Louis Cardinals. So, obviously, his rookies, 2001, the top-traded rookie of him, the top-traded rookie of him and Ichiro, long time ago, he was a Cardinal. He is a Cardinal again. And he has a chance to break 700 home runs with the Cardinals. And so, if he can do that, I think he will be my top trending. If he broke the 700 home runs with anybody, eh. Still important, but with the Cardinals even more important. So he's my top trending vet.
1: Hmm. I like it because his stuff is like criminally cheap. Mm-hmm. I like that. That made me kind of want to switch mine.
0: Do can it. Can I do? A,
1: can I do a different category first? Can I do? Uh, can I do a prospect one first? Or that with that with the thing? But okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> So I had two down, but the one that that I'm going to choose is Christian Hernandez with the Cubs. Ooh, Cubbies! And here here is why: because I think he is a good enough hitter, and the narrative around him on the Cubs, he's you know he snuck on that at the top half of the the top hundred, and I think he's going to have a great uh, minor leagues this year in the in the lower levels where. It's pretty easy to do well where I think he will have a big jump and be a lot of chatter. Cause there's going to be nothing else to talk about with the Cubs. So that's my pick uh, for prospect wise with price, with, with like trending cards value wise. So short and sweet. I
0: like it. All right. Well then you have your, uh, you have your pick of the other two sections that you want to go.
1: All right, I'm going to go rookie Take draft style. I'm going to go rookie and honestly wander this dude. I could, I would pick him for any of these categories because he, I mean, he's just phenomenal. And mm-hmm. I think, I think, you know, we saw a little bit of what we saw last year. Um, I do, the, I do worry about it's tough in Tampa with the batter's eye. I'm a huge believer. There's something up with the batter's eye there. Um, and I think that's why Willie adames did so well when he got traded to the Brewers. But I think Wander is going to be he's going to really wow some people this year.
0: I sure hope that. so, because he I mean, he wowed he wowed uh, everyone in the playoffs last year. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping I'm hoping for a little
1: bit more of that yeah he just doesn't do anything wrong like there's not a category where he's not like phenomenal at so i'm really excited to watch him this year all right i
0: like it well i'm gonna go with my rookie and let's see who do i want to choose here there's obviously a lot of options i can't go julio rodriguez again double that'd down. Be, that'd be absurd doing that twice in a row. Julio Rodriguez, same argument I used last time for an AL rookie of the year. So instead I'm going to go with Torkelson and the reason being I do think his bat is special. He is going to be the first baseman full time for the Tigers. They are going to be a really good team. The Twins have a really good offense but no pitching. The Royals are a bad team. The Indians have got or Guardians have gotten worse and the White the White Sox are good. Right, the White Sox are good. The Twins are okay. They're offensive heavy with absolutely atrocious pitching. And so I think the Tigers are right there for second best team in the division. And I think that can win you a wild card spot. And if you make it back to the playoffs, I think Spencer Torkelson will have to have been a big reason why. Um, and I know he's a first base first baseman. Card prices aren't always. Insane for those guys. He's playing a big park, but you don't become the first pick in overall as a first baseman unless you have an absolutely amazing bat. He has an amazing bat, and I'm excited to see it play. So he is my pick for top trender for rookie cards. An absurd pick. I feel like we should have all learned from Pete Alonso, but I'm sticking with it.
1: Here's the thing though, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like people don't really think of torque as a first baseman for whatever reason, because they did flirt with him being on th- at third. Um, Because in my mind, like I still, like, I always forget that he like, Oh yeah, he is going to be our first baseman Um, where there's like the Pete Alonzo where it's like, no, this dude is clearly lead, a first baseman. Like, yeah. Clearly first baseman or like rugby player. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that has a factor. Uh, with that as well. And he doesn't really look like first baseman.
0: Uh, no, no, he does not. I mean, he's only one, right? Pete Alonso is like a 6'4", 260-pound dude or whatever, Polar or 250-pound dude. Torek is 6'1", 220 pounds. It's not like, I mean, you could probably slot him over at second. He'd maybe like have the have the body to be able to play a second base, right? Mm-hmm. But not the not the skill. But I do think maybe that's a little bit of a Tiger fan in you being like, I don't think anybody thinks of him as a first baseman because when I think of Spencer Torkelson,
1: yeah, I mean, I there definitely could definitely think
0: of him as a first baseman, and I thought of him when he played third base as a first baseman that was being miscast as a third baseman, like you know, a certain team did with a certain Triple Crown winner when they signed Prince Fielder.
1: Dude, don't even bring that back. That, that so-
0: if there was ever a team that was comfortable with playing a first baseman at third base, it would be the Tigers. So I was kind of a little shocked that he would be playing just starting right away at first.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but that's my guy. And then because we're snake drafting, I'll go with my prospect here. And my prospect, I ran through a number of guys. Ooh. Uh, I ran through a number of guys that I was like, man, who's going to move the most? Who's going to move the most? And I think it's. I wanted I wanted to go a number of ways. I wanted to go with like a Jordan Lawler or a Cleo Watson. Watson obviously doesn't have a card yet, um, because they're young and they're shortstops and they're exciting. But uh, I am going to go with Ellie De La Cruz.
1: Ooh, with the with the
0: Guardians from the from the Reds.
1: Oh, so
0: shortstop Ellie De La Cruz uh, from the Reds has. Absurd strikeouts last year in 2021 struck out 31% of the time in a ball and only walked 4.8% of the time. But, <laughs> but he has some big time raw power. We're talking about a dude who's six to 150 pounds and they give him 80 grade raw power.
1: Where, where uh, do you think he'll start off
0: on Fangraphs? What'd you say?
1: Where do you think what level do you think they'll start him off at? I think I he'll know.
0: start an A-ball again.
1: So that's one thing too. That's the Midwest. So that's the Dayton uh, the Dayton Dragons. hmm Does that play a factor with with that being a tough, tough league to hit? Uh
0: for me and for the Reds, I I I am not playing like a, a quick a quick move here. Number one, he doesn't have cards at. It comes out in Bowman. So I'm not too worried about that. Those cards will start out hot. Honestly, I would prefer him to kind of struggle a little bit there and then get called up to high A. Oh, wait, no, high A is that, A ball. Mm -hmm. So high A is the Midwest League now. So he'll be starting off, I think he'll be starting off in low A um, and then maybe moving up to high A. So I don't know, we'll see. I'm still picking him because 80 grade raw power out of a shortstop is rare. And if he can figure out even a a little bit of how to not strike out as much or to Mm -hmm. walk a little bit more and get to that power. I mean, you're looking at a dude who is going to explode up the rankings and I'll take that gamble. I don't know Mm -hmm. how much his cards are going to be, but I'll take that gamble that he can figure something out. And with 80 grade future raw power, I mean, there's, there's power for days and then there's powers for days and days and days. And he's got power for days and days and days. And so I'm going with him. I think he's going to explode. Uh, obviously this is like your, this is like your mega millions lottery ticket here, as mm-hmm. opposed to choosing somebody way higher up the list with way better odds.
1: I got you. I like it. Those are the, those are the type of players I try and find at this, this time of the year going into the, the minors.
0: I like it. You put them in um, the the boomer bust boomer bust is the name of the game. And a lot of these guys will bust, but if you hit on one boom, you pay for all the bus you ever uh, invested in,
1: essentially. That is true.
0: All right, and then for your vet,
1: who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with. This one's tough because I had I kept writing down more and more names, but the the vet I'm going to go with, who is a newly vet, is Lubop. Luis Robert with the White Sox. This dude, man, I was so excited about him last year at this time. I'm even more excited about him this year because with his card price, his card price kind of dipped, which I was I was actually excited for. But when he started out, he started off the year hot last year, got hurt, came back, and was on fire again. But the thing that impressed me the most was his eye at the plate. This dude was phenomenal eye at the plate. He worked out with Acuna. Uh, before last season i don't know if he did this season before this season but acuna, and it's basically he's going the same acuna route where acuna had quite a bit uh quite a bit of strikeouts uh you know was chasing a ton and then kind of figured it out as well um and then that's when acuna really exploded i mean acuna has exploded since the day he debuted but there was a time where, where i was like whoa uh, a lot of strikeouts there but then he you know he figured out how to um to spit on the curve, like spit on the breaking balls and all that, where I think Luba is going to come in this year and just be phenomenal. He's going to have that lineup. Oh my gosh. That lineup from, you know, top to bottom, they just got AJ Pollock, Eloy back. Mm Juan McCada needs, if he does anything, like he can't go, he can't get any, be any more disappointing. I think at this point where if he just does anything better than what he was doing is a lot of production. Um, and I'm expecting them to make a pretty good pay- playoff rush.
0: Don't forget about Tim Anderson, Andrew Vaughn, Jose Abreu.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that whole li- I yeah, I could have just named them all. Like, they're, that whole lineup is just phenomenal.
0: Now, now to be fair, to be fair to um, Yohan Moncada, obviously at 263, 375, 412 slugging last year, like uh, a 787 OPS is not, like, spectacular but he plays really, really good defense at second base. And if you add a 787 OPS with good defense and an on-base percentage that is 375, like, sure, 787 OPS, it's not, like, anything to write home about, but it is nice.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't mean it, like, where he's not a good player. I There's so much talent with him where I think that's his floor because – he, I forget what year it was. He was phenomenal. And then uh, it was during the COVID year where he actually got COVID. And when he came back, he struggled big time and he came and he, he said publicly, like he goes, I don't know what it is. Like I, I lost my energy, like, and like lost everything. And I was like, man, this dude was on fire. Cause I, Juan Makata, I've been a huge fan of, I draft him in my fantasy leagues every year. I just feel like, he is he hit his floor i don't think he can get any lower than that where mm-hmm. he's like a 3 he could be a 320 hitter 25 bomb over 100 RBIs all day long i feel like especially in that lineup
0: yeah i mean he had 25 home runs 3 years ago now of yeah. course that was 2019 in the middle of the um juice baseball era so take every every single home run turtle you see from 2019 and take it with a giant grain of salt. But that I, I like it because that lineup is absolutely stacked. And you know, Tim Anderson's forgotten about to an extent, Jose Abreu's kind of forgotten about Andrew yeah. Vaughn has forgotten about top prospect. Um, and then they have they have other guys, uh Jake Berger and um uh I feel like they have a catching prospect that I'm just not thinking of right now.
1: this well, um, is uh Gavin Sheets, Gavin
0: Sheets. I forgot about Gavin Sheets. Like they got a bunch of other, like bigger named, maybe not big name guys anymore, but bigger name when they were drafted. Guys that are at least coming up to the majors and can give them at bats. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like that pick. I like that pick. So Lubab, you Lou know Bob. I'm a big fan. You're a big fan, and I'm expecting big things from him. Uh, one one thing here, real quick, and then we'll have to speed up just slightly is i'm going to play devil's advocate again on and you said you know the eye at the plate is increased in, improved and you are correct 20 percent strikeout rate compared to like 31 percent the year before or whatever um that is a drastic improvement that being said his walk rate got cut in half went from eight percent to four percent are you worried at all that uh, he is striking out less, twenty percent. Like I'll take a, I'll take a four or five percent walk rate if you're only striking out twenty percent of the time. I'll take that. But are you worried about it at all?
1: Not at all because he's a guy where I'd rather, I'd rather him take a chance at a good pitch than to eat a pitch. Okay. Like, like a Joey Votto, I want him to eat pitches all day long. A Lou Bob, I want other people to eat pitches. So Lou Bob gets the good you know so he can swing at the good pitches where um there's certain guy where i know it's like such a you know gray area with that um but when i say a good approach at the plate where he he's getting he's swinging at the balls that he should be swinging at is really what i'm getting at all
0: right i like it i was just i was just checking i was just uh for argument's sake giving a like giving it. a, a Opposite opinion, I guess. Um, and don't get me wrong. I love Luis Robert. I think he's amazing. Um, I'm not overly concerned about the cut and half walk rate. Like you said it. I'd rather him swing and do damage because he does damage when he makes contact instead of uh, purposely fouling off or wasting pitches or anything like that. Or watching strikes come right down the middle.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember last year watching him. He turned a single into a double, stole third, uh, whoever was behind him popped popped out to right field and scored. And when I saw that, I was like, "Dude, this dude is so much fun to watch too." Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we will we will speed
0: this up just slightly because we are already at forty one minutes somehow some way. Uh, these things always just go. <laughs> So quick, like you start talking, you look up and it's been 30 minutes and I could swear it's been like five. So we're going to move on to top MLB player to switch teams during the season. And um, we'll let you go first, Jimbo, if you have any
1: one player, Don't, mm-hmm. no, uh, only one. This will be this one will be fast. Carlos Correa. He shouldn't even be on the twins. A good contract. He can opt out early. He'll be gone. He should yeah, you think the Twins? You are twins,
0: you, you're saying Twins third place at best in the AL Central, and that they're going to be cutting bait with some of their good players to get prospects in.
1: Oh yeah, because you know they made some interesting moves this this uh, off offseason, but a lot of them were like traded for Tony Gray, yeah, where traded for Gary Sanchez. Oh yeah, I wouldn't even want Gary Sanchez on the, on my roster.
0: the The problem with the Twins is that every single year they're like, all right, what's our weakness? Not offense. All right. How do we inc- how do we improve our team? We add offense. We'll just outslug them to death. And that just doesn't work when you make the playoffs. What works is pitching in the playoffs. You can have as good of an offense as you want. It doesn't work in the playoffs most of the time. And so the Twins are going into the year with... Kentimate is injured. So it's going to be Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, a rookie, and... um. Feel like there's one other guy that I'm just not thinking of, but their rotation's atrocious, their bullpen's atrocious. And it it, you know, they might have a really good offense, and Carlos Correa has a good defender at shortstop, so that does help. And I don't know how Gary Sanchez's pitch framing numbers are. Maybe they're good and that will help. I don't not oh, good at all.
1: Horrible. Dude, he's just horrible. Horrible.
0: All right. So there you go. Nothing good about this. <laughs> uh they've added offense, they have added defense at shortstop and they've added nothing else. Uh Sunny Gray I mean is is a good pitcher but still. Yeah. Uh you're not they weren't one Sunny Gray away from winning a World Series. Absolutely not. Um I'm okay with the Carlos Correa thing because all they're doing is spending money. You know. Spend money, get a good player and nothing wrong with that. Trading prospects away for a Sunny Gray that is not going to help you get over the hump. If you're going to do that, keep going. Grab another pitcher and another pitcher. But uh, for me, for my top MLB player switching sides, I'm going with Brian Reynolds, Pirates, um, multi-position player, outfielder. Brian Reynolds is sneaky, 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 one of the best players in the MLB. A lot of people that don't pay attention to the Pirates or the NL Central would not realize that. They'd say, Brian Reynolds, maybe some of you have never heard of him. And or maybe some of you have heard of him, but didn't realize that he was like a six to seven win player last year uh, by wins above replacement. Brian Reynolds is incredible. And Jimbo is showing me a Brian Reynolds gold. Bowman Cone
1: gold. It's so funny you brought him up because I bought this last week. Because I think Brian Reynolds is going to have a great year and get traded. I completely forgot about him. He's going to have
0: a great year because this dude, he's a stud. But he he got traded in the Andrew McCutcheon deal to the Giants a couple years ago. So and they get Brian Reynolds and now they're gonna move Brian Reynolds probably they should probably extend him because he's an absolute stud and you want to have a building block. But if he gets traded, he will command he will command a team's top prospect. Like if if he went to the Tigers, goodbye Tari Skubal type of thing and extra pieces that's how good he is so better, i don't know if he'd i don't know if he'd fetch you a top 10 prospect but anybody past the top 10 is up for game and if you're giving them like a number 25 prospect you better be throwing in a number like 85 prospect and then some lottery tickets that's how good brian reynolds is so that is my pick for a trade and
1: i like that pick a lot moving
0: from the pirates to a big team and you're doing this right jimbo you get some nice Bowman Chromes of Brian Reynolds and you wait for him to get moved from the Pirates to the Yankees, the Pirates to the I Cardinals. Not that the Cardinals would ever they'd never do that deal. But you get my point. You get him to a bigger market and literally almost any market is bigger than Pittsburgh uh, could do absolute wonders for him. All right. And with that, we will do top ranked
1: prospect to switch hands. Um, I'm going to go one that I think, I think CJ Abrams. Really? Yeah. I don't, I I would have, I would have thought that before
0: Tatis got injured for the nine millionth time. Now I'm not so sure. So give me your
1: reasoning. I don't know. I just, I was thinking, I was looking down the list. Um, and I just feel like the Padres are so loaded where they've been, they've done such a great job, not trading their top prospects. but. They they're so loaded, and I think this is the year where the Dodgers are just you know so so dominant. It and I know those two teams have been competing back and forth. Where I I don't know who they're who at the the trade deadline is going to be available that they're going to want the most. Um, but I have a weird feeling that that they could they might they might deal CJ Abrams, that or I won't I won't pick two even though I want to. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, for me, for me, I am going with and I'm actually technically picking two. So if you want to pick a second real quick, do it
1: or uh, or Elvis Ma- Martinez. I think All right, I think right.
0: That was my second. That was my second pick. So or uh, so, Elvis and CJ. Well, uh, let me do my first and then we'll both talk about Elvis and the reasoning behind that. And my first is actually another Blue Jay, and that is Gabriel Moreno. The Blue Jays are in a really good spot. I believe they are going to, probably going to try to trade for some more pitching at the deadline. I don't think they need any more offense, but more pitching or a reliever or something. And the Blue Jays have Alejandro Kirk. They have uh, Danny Jensen. And they they just yesterday, just yesterday, traded for Zach Collins for Reese McGuire. Um, and, uh, Zach Collins is yet another catcher, former first round pick, second round pick, something like that, big Big dude. And so you have three guys right there that can be catching in the major leagues. And then you have Gabriel Moreno, who is the number seven overall prospect and a catcher. So I got to imagine that they are going to be moving Moreno for pitching help. Um, would be my guess. And then along the same lines was Elvis Martinez, because you have Kevin Biggio and Jordan Groshans and uh, Bo Bichette and um, Matt Chapman and Flagler Jr. Plus the Lopes dude or whatever Lopez. Um, they got a number of other like utility options mm-hmm. there. Also to the point where I'm thinking we mm, Elvis Martinez also highly rated, also probably a worthy piece of a big time pitching acquisition at the trade
1: deadline. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that because, yeah, you you touched on all points. I I like the Martinez as a prospect. Um, So, yeah, I won't carry on that one because you touched all the great points.
0: We are in agreement look at that let's go let's go all right well we will speed we will speed these last couple up here real quick um mvp picks i know i didn't i know i didn't uh put that on our list but let's just pick two mvps really quick al nl you can go first because i'm throwing you i'm throwing you under the bus right here making you choose while i get to think
1: oh al uh Ryder green no i'm just kidding <laughs> I like it. No bias, no bias opinion there. Nope, not. None. Just kidding. Everyone, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm gonna go a sleeper because no one really, you know, no one wants to hear the obvious ones. Beau Bichette, And I know I've listened Ooh. to other uh podcasts that you've other episodes before I was on, that you had some you like Bo but not I would say the biggest advocate. I am a huge advocate of Bo. Love Bo.
0: Stand up. I like Bo. Okay. I do think he's now criminally undervalued. Yes. I think before my worry was Vlad taking his shine and then also his trending in the wrong direction, offensive numbers, but still good offensive numbers. I do think that we're one season away from him trending in the right direction offensively where all of a sudden people are like, oh, wait, crap. We really slept on Bo because of these other options. Now he's super undervalued. We got to get him back up. So I agree with you.
1: But so... I've actually been had this locked in my brain here for a while. Cause I remember hearing you talk about that uh, on one of the episodes pre Jimbo. Mm-hmm. And here's the difference though. The two years you're comparing was sh- uh shorter season. And then he played like a full season. I think last, like I think it was last year's it's tough to play short and, and he probably played like 160, 156, 160 something games where if he drops a couple points, that's a, yeah.
0: I'm, Hey, he was still an 820 OPS guy last year as a shortstop.
1: Like, he's still a really good player. I wish Bo was on the Tigers. I would be, Bo and Riley Green would be like, oh, my, that would be the dream. M will be the show. I draft or I get Bo Bichette every time.
0: I like it. I like it. Um, For me, AL MVP. Ooh, I don't think I had enough time to think because I was thinking about Bo Bichette the entire time. (laughs) Let's go. That being said, I'm going to go with Kyle Tucker. Ooh. Way out of way out of left field here like uh, or right field. I was going to say it. wait a minute,
1: he's a right fielder. <laughs> and
0: um I just think you know Carlos Correa is gone, Alex Bregman, people probably just don't want to vote for him. Wow. I think the Astros are still going to be good and I think Kyle Tucker is going to be really good and I wouldn't be shocked. I I mean I would absolutely be shocked if he won MVP. But I wouldn't be shocked if he got some down vote down ballot votes, and if he could put together a because we're not going for the Mike Trout, Otani guys like that's just boring. No. I mean obviously it's probably going to be one of those dudes right mm-hmm. or Vladis, but we don't want to go there. So I'm going with Kyle Tucker.
1: I like it. I like that one Nate. Yeah. I, I don't agree with it, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. NL pick Jimbo.
1: All right. So, I don't know what the odds are at all for you know, but I like I'm going to choose J uh Jacob deGrom, even over Scherzer.
0: Wait, 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 wait. You know he's out, right?
1: Yeah, that doesn't matter.
0: You know he's he's he could he's out for an extended period of time.
1: Like how long are we talking?
0: Well, they said they're going to reevaluate him in 4 weeks. Uh and put him on maybe a throwing program and see from there. So, I mean, he could be out for months.
1: Yeah, so that's probably a bad pick, huh? That's a bad pick. Yeah. It's okay. Oh, it's
0: one of those things that if you just saw he's going to be out for four weeks without knowing any of the other backstory, you'd be like, yeah, four weeks or whatever. But it's four weeks where they put him on a throwing program.
1: Man, I was so excited to watch him this year, too, because I know I I was ready. I mean, he's been good for so many years, but I was ready for him to be absolute dominant. Well, I don't. All right, you go. (laughs) I got to think of something.
0: All right. Um, for me, NL MVP. Well, obviously, it's got to come from a good team, right? So you're not, you're not. It's not going to be a Rocky or a Diamondback or a Cub or a Pirate or a Red or probably a Marlin or a National. Even though Juan Soto is going to be amazing, it's probably not going to be a Nationals because they're a bad team. Um, so then you get down to like the Mets, the Phillies. Not going to be Bryce Harper again. I doubt that. Um, the Mets, the Phillies, the uh, who's the other AL East team that I can't think of right now? The Braves. The Braves. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go with Acuna. I like that. I know it's boring, but yeah. like he's coming back. He's really good. He, he, I think people will be excited to watch him play. Tatis isn't around. The Dodgers. Well, nope, I'm changing it. Trey Turner.
1: Ooh. I like that pick.
0: I'm going Trey Turner. I think people are finally... He's going to be a 30-30 guy, finally. And people are finally going to realize that they're sleeping on him drastically.
1: I like that pick a lot. Because the East Coast people already know about him. Now the West Coast people are going to know about him. Yep. Ooh. Man, great pick, Nate. Usually, Trey I know. Like I've been me. a big
0: Trey Turner guy for a while, so I'm I'm happy yeah. to, even though he's a Dodger, I'm happy to prop him up.
1: I saw him uh, when he was in the minors when I was with uh, the with Ben. He was unstoppable, Un- absolutely. He was a video game dude. Um, and a little
0: a little fun fact about Trey Turner. I don't know if you remember this, Jimbo, but he was the reason why you can no longer play it to be named later draft picks. Will Myers was that the Will Myers trade?
1: Yeah, uh, because. Remember he who was, was he was actually playing for the the Tin Caps, which was the Padres' farm mm-hmm. system. And while that trade already happened, and I remember, like, I was thinking back, I was like, trade Turner was with the Nationals. How did that happen? And I looked back, like, this was years after. I was like, oh, that's why he was with the Tin Caps. But yeah. can you
0: imagine? Can you imagine being the Padres right now and being like, they got Will Myers. I think they got something else, and then they gave up. Um, the pitcher whose brother was also in the MLB. I can't remember his name now. I don't think he's on the nationals anymore. And then and then Trey Turner, and you'd much rather have Trey Turner instead of Will Myers. Joe Ross. Joe Ross. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Tyson Ross.
1: Tyson. They Ross. had Tyson Ross, didn't they? Yeah.
0: The Padres did at one point.
1: Yeah. But who knows? Maybe uh they got Tatis for James Shield, so I don't think they're too no, but could you imagine Trey Turner and Tatis same? Uh it would be amazing. But yeah, I like that pick a lot and I'm not just trying to stall to to choose someone, <laughs> <laughs> man. I, I would, uh, so I would love to go Juan Soto, but that's boring. Um, honestly, I'm going to go Max Scherzer.
0: Wow. So, so you moved one, one pitcher down the depth chart there.
1: Well, actually I had, yeah, they're, they're both like, just workhorses, but I I gave DeGrom, I, would, I originally picked DeGrom because I thought people weren't like, we're going to be more excited about Max than DeGrom, but DeGrom was going to outshine Max, which made made him look even better. But Max, now that he's a, like a, he's going to be the only one there, people are going to see how good he really is. But if DeGrom like was there, he would be better.
0: I like it. And, and Scherzer is, is really was. good. That's really, good really good. Even at the age of 38 coming up, he's still going to be amazing. So,
1: and he's I like be that pick in, in City Field. Oh my gosh, it's time to be fair. Yeah,
0: huge, huge park. Huge. Be like pitching in America again. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, let's move on to World Series predictions. Give me just uh, two teams: one AL, one NL. Really quick, who wins? You go first. All right. Um. I'm going Brewers because I'm a sucker, and <laughs> we're gonna go Brewers against Red Sox. And we're going to go Brewers out on top. And I choose the Red Sox because um, they're the first team that came to my mind from the AL. So there you have it.
1: Oh, this is tough. But I'm going to go Blue Jays. And then I'm going to go Mets. Shout out my buddy over at uh, Kev with uh, who's going to be opening our New York Roadshow. He's a huge Mets fan. I'm going to go those two teams, and I am going to go Blue Jays win. Mm.
0: I like it. Hey, I like, I like that. I wish I'd picked the Blue Jays instead of the Red Sox, but I picked the Red Sox, so I'm yeah. sticking with it. So those are mine. Love it. And, of course, if the Red Sox make it, that means they'd have to have three AL East teams in, with the Red Sox getting the second wild card, which means the Tigers wouldn't be getting the second wild card a whole bad thing. So I'm going to actually detract. I'm going to detract Wait. my
1: pick. I'll out uh,
0: and I'm going to go with the Rays instead.
1: Rays are good, man. They, so,
0: there you go. And then lastly, we're going to end off with this and we don't have much time, so because wow. I I do have that YouTube live coming up here. So, we're going to end off with this. Mariners Tigers. Who's more exciting? And I'm going to start with the Mariners. And I'm going to let you go on and on and on about your beloved Tigers. Sound good? Mm-hmm. All right. Why the Mariners are exciting. Case in point, Julio Rodriguez, Jared Kelnick. Now, Jared Kelnick's been absolutely atrocious in spring training, but <laughs> you never know. Might might pop off. Mitch hanniger has got 30, 40 home run power. Kyle Lewis, when he's healthy, is an absolute star in the field and at the plate. So that's like four guys right there that are really exciting. And then you have Evan White, the best defensive first baseman in baseball. And if he can hit a lick, will be super interesting. You got Cal Raleigh, who's a really interesting offensive catcher, um, along with Tom Murphy, shout out. Uh, And then you have um, J.P. Crawford, who's silently just been a very steady, like three-win player this entire time. And you traded for Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker. Eugenio Suarez has been pretty atrocious the last two years, but he slots in at third base, and who knows what might happen with a new team. And then Jesse Winker, quietly 950 OPS last year, best hitter on the team by far. Now, how much of that is propped up by the Reds? I don't know, how or Great American Ballpark, I don't know. We'll find out, but there is a ton of interesting, interesting pieces, and they have the good mixture of the Jesse Winkers of the world with the Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kelnick's of the world, the young young guys with the really good 28-year-old guys with the also very solid J.P. Crawfords and stuff. So their offense is going to be really good, and then you go to their pitching, and they signed Robbie Ray, and I didn't love that deal. Uh at all, but they have their ace. And then they have Marco Gonzalez, who's really good. They've got Logan Gilbert, who's really good. I don't know where they're going to go from there. And I don't know where they're going to go with the bullpen. I mean, Justice Sheffield might be a starter. Who knows? But um, they've got a decent front two. Not spectacular. Not spectacular, but decent. And then we'll see how Logan Gil- Gilbert does. And they've got guys like Emerson Hancock that can be coming up at some point. Who knows? But that offense should be really good. The pitching could be interesting. They've got pieces that they could use to trade for pitching at the trade deadline. And so I really like them now. Rebuttal me because I really yeah. didn't do a good job of selling my even myself on the Mariners outside of really wanting to watch Julio Rodriguez and Jared Kelnick play.
1: Yeah. I mean, I applaud you because making the Mariners sound exciting is very tough to do. So I applaud because you did make them sound very, you know, exciting. But be ready to not be excited because I'm about to talk about the Tigers. So, where do we even start? So, the Tigers this off season, you know, they didn't make the the biggest splash. Everyone thought they were going to go out and sign Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, one of those. Um, but they made some sneaky picks, sneaky picks that get you, you know, the the intangibles is what I just keep preaching over and over. Where the like the the pure the purest of of the the baseball world just are super pumped about. Javi Baez strikes out a lot, strikes out a lot, strikes out a lot, yes. But he hits bombs when he does. But his fielding alone, his fielding is exciting. If you remember is the world baseball classic, him celebrating before the ball even got there, uh when uh you know that stolen base to, to second. Stuff like that. Very flashy. Um, where he is gonna make everyone in the the infield better. He's gonna make Torque look better because he's not gonna be, you know, throwing thrown over his head, bouncing balls at him. Like, he's going to be, he's going to, it's going to be easy, easier for torque. Um, And then there's some nice pieces with the Tigers. You got, you got candy over at third. um, Who actually had a really sneaky year last year. Uh, Then you have the outfield. You have by
0: candy. He means Candelario.
1: Yeah. Former cub. Former cub. Yes. In in the Nick Cassiano steal, right? Yeah. You're right. Um, And. Then you we got you know back back at the uh, behind the plate we have a nice young catcher or not young catcher Tucker uh, Burkhart that was Barn Barnhart sorry yep, I'm go. thinking of my buddy Burkhart shout out Derek uh, <laughs> <laughs> he Gold Glover but he can handle a pitching staff which is huge like I don't give like I don't care about what he hits you know whatever he does at the plate is just sprinkles on the cake. He's going to be handling our pitching staff with Eduardo Rodriguez. Inflated ERA the last few years, but if you watch him pitch and you ask any baseball player that's ever – or any any Red Sox player, anyone that watches baseball, if you ask them about Eduardo Rodriguez, this dude is a complete pitcher, um, and he's going to eat up innings for our young guys, keep our bullpen fresh for our young guys so they don't have to go deep in games. And the young guys, I mean Casey Mize, Skubel, Matt Manning, all electric arms, where behind the plate with Tucker, he's going to be calling the games, framing it up, keeping people close uh, on the uh, base pass, everything like that. So it's only going to help the pitching staff. Then, oh, man, there's just so much excitement. You got Miggy, milestone, like he's going to be breaking milestone one after another, uh, which is, I mean – to me, the greatest hitter of all time that I have ever seen, very close to Albert Pujols. Which, because of my bias opinion, I'm going to go Miggy. But really, I on opinion unbiased, I would go Albert Pujols. Okay. Um, but there's there's that. So that's really exciting because Detroit Tiger fans like we're that like we could have no one else on our team if we have Miggy, we're happy. Um, and then you have Torque. who we already know about Torque. I won't even go into that. Then we have Riley Green, who's going to come back. Like he's going to come. He's not going to be on the opening day roster. He's going to be coming later. So we're going to be all excited about Torque. And then it's going to get a little stale because, you know, what can, what do you do for me now? Bring up Riley Green, bring the energy again. Those two are best friends where they are just fun in the dugout. They are literally best friends. They drive together to the ballpark, live together, all that fun stuff. And the, oh, man, there's just so much more, but I know we're running out of time. And they're going to be competing. They're going to be destroying the Twins. They're going to make Bobby Witt like they're going to be striking Bobby Witt anytime he comes to the three one three in Detroit at Comerica. It's just going to be a great time.
0: I like it. And you've got you've got a couple guys, um, Joey Wentz, Dylan Dingler, guys like that that could definitely be they could definitely be making their debuts this this year. Um, could be. Uh, could be Reese Olson. Reese Olsen, former, former uh brewer, pretty good, pretty good pitcher in the Brewers franchise. So you got some Ooh. guys that could come up after all these exciting guys and just fill in the gaps. Not stars by any means, but filling in the gaps and being interesting.
1: One one last one, too, is uh got the best closer in free agency uh Chafin. You guys send Andrew Chafin? And he looks like a Detroit pitcher. He, it's Todd Jones 2.0. So let's I go. I did not know that. Well,
0: I think you've sold me. And i tell you what, while it's disappointing that Riley Green's not going to be playing right away, we can tune in, focus on uh the young pitching and torque, and then Riley Green comes up, and you're right, revamps that uh offense a little bit and adds to the excitement and should be a really good time. For me, I'm watching both the Mariners and the Tigers for sure, but I do think – because of the fact that you have two premium premium prospects coming up along with all that young pitching that pitched last year, it uh, definitely definitely takes the cake for me. The young pitching, I'm a Brewers fan so it's it, it was always offense 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 and then last year, I finally saw what just dominant pitching can do for you mm-hmm. um, and you don't need a dominant offense at all. Well if you guys if you guys turn into the Brewers 2.0 which I really think you could, um, maybe not the bullpen. But because uh, the Brewers just seem to have a magic touch where they grab anybody and turn them into absolute studs. But you take you take your young three, if they turn in really good years, Eduardo Rodriguez turns in a really good year, and whoever you've got in that fifth slot um, just eating up innings could have a four or five ERA. Could have a five ERA. If he throws five ERA and eats up 200 innings, okay.
1: It's Michael Pineda, who's uh, oh. a goofball. So he's fun, too.
0: I love that. I love that. So I'm excited. I'm excited to watch them. I'm also excited, obviously, to watch the young players on the Mariners. But the young pitching for me gives the Tigers the edge for sure.
1: Let's go. All right, Jimbo.
0: Um, One more minute here, then I better hop off. So any last words before the season starts?
1: All I can say is that was a lot of fun. Let's do it again.
0: That was a lot of fun. I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited. Jimbo is clearly excited. And I hope you all enjoy a day full of baseball games on Thursday. And then last thing, last but not least, Kansas, North Carolina tonight. I'm recording this before the fact. I do not know. You're going to be listening to this after. I don't know if my beloved Kansas Jayhawks have won or not yet. So hopefully you've made it this far. And I'm just going to say Kansas winning the whole thing tonight. And if I'm wrong, oops. So there we go. All right, Jimbo. You have a good night.
1: Everyone else,
0: enjoy your Tuesday. And we will talk to you again next time. See you, everyone.